When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Let's see. Dr. Cornbread says, I'm 77 on Twitter often and can't imagine getting worked up over this. Thank you, Dr. Cornbread. Hi, I'm Madison Malone Kircher. And I'm Rachel Hampton. You're listening to ICYMI. In case you missed it, Slate's podcast about internet culture. We're mostly here to break your brains as we have broken ours, most recently by a TikTok that has taught me that vegetables don't don't exist. Yeah, I know we have like a whole entire actual episode planned out for today, but the only thing I want to talk about is this TikTok. Who's going to tell VeggieTales that their main character is a fruit? I hate to break this to you, but nothing's a vegetable. Vegetable is just a term that means you can eat it. In botany, nothing's a vegetable. It's this woman saying, who's going to tell VeggieTales that their lead character is a fruit? And then another woman comes in, that's the second voice you hear, and says, hold up, vegetables aren't real, and here is why. And also on the screen is this man who is laughing at the original TikTok. A a cucumber? It's a melon. Melons are fruits. You so often hear these, like, Twitter memes where it's like, you're not going to put tomatoes in your fruit salad. And, like, you you intuitively know that carrots and potatoes are, like, root vegetables. Sorry, I'm still stuck on... I I, I walked into Bath and Body Works as a teenager in my hometown mall and I bought cucumber melon body spray. I bought melon melon body spray. Better than, honestly, the sweet pea, which kind of gives me war flashbacks. Um, mm, it's like the hot <laughs> vanilla sugar one. Oh yeah, it just smells like like I just associate that smell with like teenage sweat now. Like yeah, or like what I thought sex. You know, I shouldn't finish this. <laughs> that is enough about vegetables today. We've actually got to tell you that if you're still using reaction gifs, you may or may not be revealing how old you are. Yeah, the latest battle. In a long-running war between generations, has claimed a new victim, friend of the pod, Jenny Zhang, who writes for Eater, and last week tweeted that she can always tell that someone's over the age of 33 if they consistently use reply gifts, which I laughed at. I saw this tweet. I thought, <laughs> that's pretty accurate. And then I moved along, but Twitter, Twitter did not move along. Twitter never knows how to move along. They could take a note from the All-American Rejects song, Move Along. But unfortunately, they have all latched on to this idea that the girls are fighting, the girls being the generations, specifically Gen Z and millennials. But it's mostly just millennials realizing that they're aging. Yeah, I, uh, the mirror is revealing it to me every day. Later in the show, we're actually going to hear from Jenny about how this innocuous tweet took an ugly turn, blew up her feed. But first, uh, Rachel and I are going to take you back and we're going to trace the history of this generational war, which isn't really much of a war at all. How would would you describe it, Rachel? Kind of a one-sided battle, perhaps 
you know, someone just punching themselves repeatedly in the face as someone else watches. Prove me wrong, but I don't think that there is a single person who looks better with a side part than they do a middle part. This war has been brewing since June 2020, give or take, when a seemingly innocent challenge started circulating on TikTok, insisting that every single person on Earth would look better if they parted their hair down the middle. Millions of TikTok views later, we thought, we, me, I thought this might be over and we'd only be left with the haunting memories of this Lizzo parody, which, Lizzo, I'm sorry. I'm just so sorry. I like skinny jeans and my side part. I use this emoji and I like the heart. So you think we're old. Well, I ain't having that. We give you Wi-Fi and we can take it back. Remember last year you wore mom jeans and now you're out here making side part memes? Oh, that's cute. And we may not be teens, but just remember we're the OG queens. So we have this video. There was a hashtag, like hashtag bully millennials. Yeah, this is all happening around June 2020 when... Gen Z has apparently (laughs) latched onto the fact that millennials were supposed to save the world, and instead all we gave the world was, like, craft breweries and an obsession with, like, Hogwarts. All these videos started emerging, including this one. You know, millennials have some goddamn nerve logging onto this app, talking shit about Gen Z, this fucking app that we allow them to be on. When we're doing the work they were supposed to be doing, baby, y'all were supposed to save the climate, starting revolutions and shit. What did you contribute? Mumford and Sons, a craft brewery on every corner, a fucking goddamn reboot of every movie in the 90s because you wouldn't shut the fuck up about missing it so much. When they weren't even good in the first place, you just peaked when you were eight years old. It's 9 p.m. Go tuck your fucking kids in. Okay, it's 9 p.m. I want to be tucked in. Like that, that is an excellent bedtime and I will not be shamed for it. So you have these videos, and then in other videos, you have comment sections that kind of just take up this, like, clarion call of what the fuck are millennials doing, dragging them for everything from knowing what their Hogwarts house is to buying shirts from Forever 21 that said rosé all day and or frayer. Okay, but, like, I'm a Slytherin moon and a Ravenclaw rising. So simultaneously, as the first flares of this generational war are going up, this show me your hair with the middle part video arrives. Again, this video does not come for anybody of any generational persuasion. No generational names are uttered. They aren't. It turns into this challenge called, I believe, the middle part challenge. Right, and that that could have been the end of it, but a year later in, in February, the world declared that the crying laugh, the world, Gen Z declared that the <laughs> cry laughing emoji was both canceled And a hallmark of being a millennial, that only millennials use the cry laughing, you know, the emoji that is like laughing so hard it has little tiny tears coming out its eyes, which honestly, is that in my top five most used emoji? Absolutely. So the crying laughing emoji gets absolutely canceled. Skinny jeans also get canceled. And the millennials fight back with these absolutely terrible diss tracks, one of which has been stuck in my head for quite literally two months. Gen Z, you can suck it. You can't tell me what to wear. Cause I've been rocking this side part since you had Kermit on your underwear. So cute. And you can pry these skinny jeans from my cold dead ass, you hear? So Gen Z, you 
can suck it. You can't tell me what to wear. Oh, you guys look grumpy. You should take a nap. Frankly, to call that a diss track is an insult to actual <laughs> diss tracks. What kind of brings all of these things together, besides the fact that they're all kind of dumb, is that it's really petty and very cringy, but it's ultimately not that deep. And in a way, it's karma for all the boomer-beloved industries that millennials killed, which includes everything from napkins to top sheets. Don't forget about voicemails and golf. We killed all of them. Every single one of them. And the cycle continues. It's a circle of life. It is our turn. It is your turn for your darlings to be murdered by a generation younger and cooler than you. And so in that spirit... I don't spirit, like where this is going. <laughs> in that spirit, because Madison is all of four years older than me and firmly within the young millennial category, whereas I refer to myself as a Gen Z millennial cusp because I was born in the last year that qualifies as Gen Z... I'm just going to drag Madison for the next few minutes. And that's different from the rest of the minutes of this show. How exactly? Unclear. But Uh, as you were. (laughs) So here is a non-exhaustive list in really no particular order of things that millennials really do need to get over. Madison, are you ready? Are your loins girded? I'm not answering that. (laughs) Here we go. That one specific color pink saying, so I did a thing. Oh, no. Hashtag girl boss. Fair. BuzzFeed quizzes. That really specific overexposed kind of orangey Instagram filter. Kelvin. Saying, why do you know the name of that? Saying. I'm a millennial. (laughs) Um, Taco Tuesday and Wine Wednesday. Saying rosé all day. Hillary Clinton. No. Just. Standing politicians in general, uh, making Disney your personality, mustache, finger tattoos, paying extra for guac, really just anything with an avocado, watching TikTok on other apps that are not TikTok because you think downloading TikTok makes you, I don't know, uncool. And finally, and perhaps the most important thing, making things that you can buy your personality. Okay, but as I have told you, black turtlenecks are my entire personality. No more of this. After the break, we're going to be hearing from Jenny Zhang about her time on the front lines of the generational war. Spoiler alert, it was not great. not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling 
wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. And we're back with Jenny G. Zhang, who is a writer at Eater and the co-host of the podcast Criticism is Dead. Jenny had a tweet blow up on Twitter this week, and she is here to tell us all about it. Jenny, I am so glad that you're here. Could you please read the controversial tweet in question? Yeah, of course. So the tweet is as follows. Anytime I see someone use a reaction gif, I immediately know they're above the age of 33. It's just so specific. Like, the the 33 (laughs) was what really, like, made me laugh the hardest as somebody who is 29 and therefore, like, an older millennial. Jenny, what, what generation group are you part of? So I'm 28. So also, like, millennial, but just a few years removed from the, uh, Zillennial is that Gen Z millennial cusp. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) That cusp. So I like spiritually, I guess I identify like humor wise or whatever, or posting wise a little bit more with the uh, younger brethren, but i also very much understand how, you know, millennials and older millennials tweet and post and behave. I'm curious what in, I mean, other than it just being like a good timely joke engineered to make Twitter react. Was there something you saw that inspired this tweet? Was there a a GIF reaction that brought you to tweeting? I think I've had like some version of this thought or observation, like since people have started making a big deal about like the generational, I don't know, gaps and like wars and stuff. Um, But I think I did like see some, like reaction gifts, maybe to some some people I follow or something who are definitely like kind of in the older millennial realm, I would say. But it wasn't even like a, a specific incident that set me off so much as like, oh yeah, that's that's still going on, huh? So time to time to put this out into the world and see what happens. And boy, did a lot happen. Did you expect the reaction you got? Which we should probably describe the reaction that you got. Yeah, we should quantify the reaction. Jenny, we were going to ask, how many impressions has this tweet gotten? 9.1 million. Jesus Christ. (laughs) So were you aiming for this when you tweeted this out? Did you expect this to happen? I mean, I don't think anyone really expects or knows or like can predict uh, unless they have like a huge following themselves and are used to this. Um, but if you're like just a regular enormi account like mine, you never really know what's going to happen <laughs> once you throw this garbage out into the world. And this time the world received it with uh, open arms and also like with some pitchforks. Jenny, are you willing to wade into the replies? <laughs> no. Yeah. Let me, um, let's see. Dr. Cornbread says I'm 77 on Twitter often and can't imagine getting worked up over this. I don't know if that's like Dr. Cornbread coming for me or coming from the replies. Unclear, but thank you, Dr. Cornbread. <laughs> um, Fo shizzle. Unlike Yun Me, those old dinosaurs are whack. <laughs> Let's see. After seeing three successive youngin age groups toss out smug comments like this over the years, only to quickly find themselves labeled old by the next bunch. 
I'm feeling pretty zen about being almost double 33. 66 using Twitter. That's that's great. God, I don't want to be on Twitter at 66. <laughs> I want to be gone from this place by 66. <laughs> when you say this place, do you mean Twitter or like the planet? Well, the planet oh, will probably, probably be both. gone, but yeah. I definitely want to be off Twitter <laughs> if the planet is around by some miracle. I guess I'm curious as to whether you were kind of aware of the generational wars before you decided to just throw this grenade. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess so. Like, as as much as anyone on the internet is, like, of course, like, there's a big thing about, like, middle parts, like, for your hair, and then, like, what kind of jeans and pants you like to wear, and... It is really good uh, engagement fodder, honestly, because people are so touchy about this. Um, Clearly. (laughs) Yeah. I really feel like online, at least, it kind of blew up to a whole nother level with the OK Boomer stuff, Um, Mm -hmm. which, of course, like, there's like a song, there are TikToks, there are like memes, there was like a a the Time style section article about it. Um, I did. I did give my dad an OK Boomer hat for Christmas one year. Oh. OK Boomer is written in the Supreme font. Oh, did he love it? Um, yeah, he laughed. He laughed in the way that like only a an aging Boomer dad, <laughs> who's like semi online, can. Oh, I'm glad he he got it. Um, but yeah, that like brought out a whole level of like intergenerational fighting and aggression towards each other especially since like boomers sort of got the sort of political views sort of transplanted onto it people are seeing some kind of like moral values or like virtue attached to these things in ways that it was easier to kind of ignore back when people weren't as online now it's like part of your online persona and like how you use social media as well that was kind of one of the things that bothered me most about like the okay boomer meme, which is very funny, but also this discussion of like boomers as people who like universally benefited from like an amazing economy. Like so much of the kind of generational divide seems to just forget that like non-white people exist. Cause like black boomers are not who anybody is thinking of when you're thinking about okay boomer. Yeah. And you when you think of like millennials too, what people think of when they mock um you know, millennial hipster culture or whatever, they're Mm -hmm. also pretty much thinking of, like, white, often urban-dwelling, you know, middle-class, you know, millennials. And same with, I think, what people are thinking of now with, like, Gen Z. They're a very certain, a very, like, uh, what was it, the Visco Girls? Visco Girls, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, (laughs) But yeah, those are also very, like, particular images, I think, float to the top of people's minds. And they are, again, usually white, usually a particular demographic, those um, water bottles are expensive. What are the the ones that the Visco girls carry? The like, oh yeah, big, oh, shit. Yeah. Like, hydro flask, hydro flask, hydro flask. Yeah. I'm like Nalgene. I'm showing my my age here. Uh, <laughs> I also thought Nalgene. <laughs> <laughs> See, let me into your club. <laughs> I feel like that is kind of the when I think of the club of like 1993 to 2000. I feel like I am often just thinking like the people of color that I associate with, which like they're obviously in every generation. But when I'm thinking about micro generations, for some reason, I'm like, this gets better at the idea of the fact that they are non-white people when we should really just throw the whole frame away. Yeah, (laughs) maybe. Yeah, probably. I guess it helps marketers and researchers. I don't really know who else. We have talked a lot about how it feels so much of this is an experiment in branding and it feels like a bunch of advertising execs sat in a room and were like, how do we get people to buy a different cut of pants? 
Here's how. We make certain people feel old and lame if they're not wearing these pants. Yeah, I mean, and I want to point out, like, I didn't even say people shouldn't use, like, reaction gifts anymore. I'm just like, <laughs> it's an, purely an observation. Like, there's no value judgment here. Anyone can use whatever they want to express their feelings online, as long as it's ideally in a healthy manner. Um, just do it with the knowledge that, you know, some younger people may or may not think that you're above the age of 33. I mean, there's this way in which these aesthetics and objects, as Madison was saying, are becoming like a personality now, which does feel like it was just cooked up in a lab somewhere to give like more um, engagement to like whoever is the most used reaction gif in the world. Like, I feel like people's entire careers have been made off of just purely being a reaction gif and getting that kind of notoriety. And this has like, nothing to do with who you are as a person or like what your political or moral values are. And yet people are in your mentions still like a week later being like, if you don't let me use reaction gift, I will personally die. <laughs> like you have personally killed me with this tweet. I also no longer use gif reactions. I think I made it a little longer than you did. It definitely was like the first job I got where we had Slack as a messaging system, the like giphy feature where you could type in a random word and it would generate a gif was oh. definitely a big form of communication at this job. That was like maybe five, six years ago now. I'm wondering, are there things we've used as a substitute? Like, do you guys have reaction emoji, bitmoji, memoji, just like a, a camera roll of memes on your phone? Oh, I love the emoji reactions in Slack. I also... There was a time period where everybody was like, oh, I hate iMessage reactions. And I was like, I love those shits. They're amazing. <laughs> yeah. I cannot live without reactions, which is yeah. <laughs> maybe like an indictment of my own communication skills, or I'd rather just be like, oh, thumbs up, <laughs> instead of <laughs> typing anything else. I have no thoughts in my head, just vibes. <laughs> yeah. Um, so definitely like that might be a bit of a replacement or there are just a lot more like, fan cams or like those like short form videos that are like really dominating replies. Rachel has a fan cam she will not stop talking about. Wait. <laughs> what, wait, wait, Rachel, what is it? You have to send this, the link to Jenny. This morning I saw a fan, a Malcolm X fan cam. Oh I've God. literally been laughing about this for like at least four hours now. I'm going to send it to you. Like it is Please. simply incredible because like on one very deep level, I'm like, I get it. Malcolm X was he really hot. Good. Yeah. He was hot. Like, it's an excellent fan it. cam. Like it's an excellent <laughs> fan cam. Oh my God, this music. It's <laughs> The song sells it. Like, the song fully makes it. There's, like, a fan cam filter where, like, there's always just a little bit of sparkles involved, which, like, it, again, makes this even funnier because you're just seeing Malcolm X with, like, sparkles on the corner of his glasses. <laughs> no, I love that. How do you feel about old millennials now? Are you just going to, like, turn coat and be, like, a Gen Z millennial cusp? Like, <laughs> what's the vibe? What's the movement here after this moment? Well, I think there's, like, as much as I would like to be able to, like, claim a little bit more of that, like, cusp cuspiness, I also think there's something a little bit pathetic about, like, clinging too much <laughs> to that. Um... Yeah, Rachel. <laughs> I'm on the cusp. There is no claiming. <laughs> I 
know. Yeah. But I think it's just like, again, it's the idea of like, you know, every generation has its cringe is really the, <laughs> yes. the, the like, that, wow. summary of it. <laughs> That's um, the title of the show. <laughs> it is the title of this show. <laughs> so, yeah, like, it's fine to be whatever generation you are. There's going to be some cringe associated with it. There's going to be some good stuff associated with it. And why, like, bother trying to pretend otherwise? I keep trying to make a, like, you kids get off my lawn joke, <laughs> but generationally, I'm not going to ever have a lawn to, like, yell at the kids to get off <laughs> oh, of. Yeah. But spiritually, <laughs> that's that's what we're talking about. I actually think the wrap-up message is that we should all just live, laugh, and love. I think so. Yeah. <laughs> Let's put it in some fancy script and stick it on our walls. <laughs> Live, laugh, love, and never tweet. Yes. <laughs> Jenny, thank you so much for talking with us today. Of course. I had so much fun. Thanks for having me on. Jenny G. Zhang is a staff writer at Vox Media's Eater and also host of the podcast Criticism is Dead. All right, that's the show. We'll be back in your feed on Saturday, so definitely subscribe. It's the best way to never miss an episode. And please leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts and tell a friend. But in the meantime, if you've got a rabbit hole you want us to go down, a TikTok challenge that makes no sense, or you just want to know why everyone, only Rachel, is talking about this Malcolm X fan cam, drop us a note at icymi at slate.com or find us on Twitter at the hashtag icymipod. ICYMI is produced by Daniel Schrader. Our supervising producer is Derek John. Forrest Wickman is Slate's culture editor, and Gabe Roth is editorial director of audio. See you online. Or not. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Hi, this is Dahlia Lithwick, host of Slate's legal podcast, Amicus. If you're listening to this show, you might be interested in Amicus's live show that we're hosting in Washington, D.C. on Tuesday, May the 14th. My colleague, Mark Joseph Stern, and I will be talking to some amazing guests, including Sherilyn Eiffel and a sitting state Supreme Court justice all about how originalism, a relatively recently invented way of interpreting the Constitution, has taken over the Supreme Court and radically reshaped the law. It's been doctrinal rocket fuel for the conservative legal movement and facilitated the rolling back of abortion rights, the expansion of gun rights, and the obliteration of the separation of church and state. And as another wildly consequential Supreme Court term careers to its end, the court's originalists are on a tear. But there's something you can do about it. And we hope you'll join us in D.C. on May 14th to explore the possible pathways out of the current situation. Go to slate.com slash amicus live for tickets.